I feel a little motion sickness from that weekend roller coaster of a series against the O's. We're going to recap that. Plus, we'll answer all of your Halo questions, and we'll tell you why this year is Joe Madden's last year with the Halos. Uh Uh-oh. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, John, it's where the game starts. That's right. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. You got the uh, the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. Don't forget to give us a follow at LockedOnAngels on Twitter, and of course you can reach Mike and I personally at Super Halo Bros on Instagram and Twitter. You said it was a roller coaster, man. Let's talk about it. This series against the Orioles did not go the way that we thought it would. I took Dramamine this weekend because I was feeling (laughs) sick to my stomach. So can I start by talking about Friday night, John? Please do. Okay, so Friday night, I was really frustrated. Obviously, we lost 5-3. to Yeah. But here's what really frustrated me, and we're going to talk about this later on in the episode. Why is Reed Detmers getting pulled after five (laughs) innings of, I would say, pretty incredible pitching? Five innings, three hits, two runs, four Ks, and one walk. Only... Only at 70 pitches, and we talked about this on Friday's episode, that this was the weekend that he could prove himself, and so coming into that sixth inning, it could have been an opportunity for him to do just that, but yet Joe Madden comes and removes him from the game, brings in the bullpen, and the bullpen blew it, and yeah. we lost that game 5-3, to three. And, and here's the thing that really frustrated me. It was 2 nothing at that point, and Detmers was pitching really, really well, probably mm-hmm. could have gone one more inning, and then we ended up coming back. It could have been a 3-2 to victory because then in the seventh inning, you bring in Tapera, and in the eighth inning, you bring in Loop, and then in the ninth inning, you bring in Rysel Iglesias, and you don't have to mess with guys like Bradley or Herge, Herget, and... and (laughs) And although he pitched great on Sunday, on Friday, he really struggled. It was 5 nothing. We're in a lot of trouble. Rendon has the home run, and we kind of get back into the game. But right. I think that game is completely different, John, if Reed Detmers isn't pulled in that fifth inning and not able to go to the sixth inning. What do you think? Yeah, the one bright spot of that entire game was Anthony Rendon's two-run home run. That was uh, really impressive and good to see some production out of him. I know that he's he often gets off to a slow start. And so yeah. it was good to see him uh, drive in some runs. And, you know, he he's great at taking walks. He's great at getting a single and a double. But to see that power on display was certainly something special. So that was uh, the one bright spot from Friday. But I agree with you. I think pulling Detmers was one inning too quickly. And yeah. I don't know why Joe Madden has such a quick hook sometimes. Sometimes I trust that he sees things that we're not seeing. And sometimes I just think that Joe is losing his mind. So <laughs> you make of that what you will. That's, that's a wide gap there. I, I think that's funny. Hey, tell me about Saturday. Let's talk Saturday. Saturday is more of the same story when it comes to starting pitching because we had a loss once more against the Orioles, the Baltimore Ugh. Orioles or the, the Baltimore Orioles, if you will, just trying to save time. <laughs> just trying to save time. Just trying to save time. Syndergaard <laughs> had a great start and let's talk about it. He didn't have his best stuff. We saw better performances the first two outings from Syndergaard than we had this third outing. But let's talk about, let's break it down here. 
five and two-thirds innings, three hits, two walks, six Ks. That was different. He had a lot more strikeouts this time. But he got pulled at 88 pitches and didn't get the chance to get that last out. In fact, Aaron Loop came in and got that pop-up, so it was a one-pitch out. But you saw the clip from from John Boy that I retweeted, and uh, we're not going to repeat what Noah Syndergaard said. You can look at that (laughs) yourself, but you could tell. It's a G-rated show. (laughs) Yeah, you could tell that he was frustrated with Joe Madden uh, coming out and getting him, and he basically just said, like, let me finish it. Like, let me finish the inning. I can get out of this. And that's the kind of guy that Noah Syndergaard is. He's the kind of guy that you let finish those. He's your Jared Weaver bulldog type. There's your Jared Weaver reference for the episode. But he did struggle to hold runners. In fact, uh, there were three stolen bases in the first for Baltimore. Cedric Mullins was a menace. Uh, but that uh, he did settle down after that. He left the game with a 2-2 tie. But one thing I have to note is that we did not lose this game because of Mike Trout. Two solo no, shots, didn't. a multi-homer home run game, and he broke the rec- the franchise record for the Angels, surpassing Vladimir Guerrero and surpassing Tim Salmon to Woo! set the record for his 21st multi-homer game as an Angel. Unreal. And we didn't lose because of Brandon Marsh. Marsh hit a two-run home run in the sixth inning, so there was just a lot of back and forth, and Angels had plenty of opportunity to stay in this game. But I think we lost because of that bullpen again and that bullpen mismanagement uh, from Joe. Uh, Otani and Rendon weren't able to come through uh, when we had runners on and in situations where we needed them to. Uh, So that was a disappointing end to the game there. Let's talk about Sunday. You yes. mentioned Brandon Marsh and he was dealing with a stomach bug. <laughs> so they seem to be just sharing the gift of the flu in the Angels clubhouse. Here's what's remarkable about Sunday. It was so fun. We were spotted a six run lead after the first inning. Yeah, like, right it out was the gate. awesome to watch, right? And and Joe Adele hits a grand slam just just a fun game to watch. Otani had two at-bats. It was very similar to that Houston game. Mm-hmm. And, and again, fun to watch. And then Suarez is on the mound, and we're pretty confident in Jose Suarez. And he came through with a, a pretty good start. Sure. And he's had some consistency in his first three starts. I don't know if you saw these numbers, but Sunday, four and a third, he gave up three runs, six Ks. And then his last... His last two starts before that were four and a third, two runs and four mm-hmm. Ks, and then four and a third, three runs and four Ks. And so he's he's just been consistent in that four and a third range. Right, right. And we're going to talk more about him later on when we talk about Joe Madden. But man, bullpen really struggled in this game as well. Yeah, we were up six nothing, and then Suarez gives up a three run home run to Trey Mancini. It's six to three, and then we find ourselves at some point tied. At six, and I think that we loaded the bases four hundred and fifty-seven thousand <laughs> times in this game, and we were only able to get one run, and it was a bases-loaded walk when right. Taylor Ward was up to the plate. How but, about that at bat hey, from Taylor Ward, though, man? That was what a tough. You know, one. I, I I I like Taylor Ward. We've talked about him on this show about potentially being the next Jared Walsh, kind of being sneaky good, unexpectedly good, and he looks like he's really maturing at the plate. He struggled a bit in the outfield with that sun, but I think everybody was really struggling in the outfield. Right. Ward had a great at bat and and it ended up being the winning run because Bradley comes in and gets the save. And how about that play at the end of the game by our boy Velasquez, Squid, as they call him at short. And, And he ends up sealing the win for the weekend. And we needed that win because this is 
Baltimore, and we were hoping <laughs> that we would potentially win the series or maybe even sweep the series. Right. So getting one of the three was disappointing, but I'm thankful that we got the win on Sunday. Yeah, who could have expected it except for us who said, remember 2019, we swept the Dodgers and the Orioles came to town and we stunk it up. So <laughs> we kind of felt yeah. like, will that happen again? And, you know, it's sad because I thought that with this team that wouldn't happen, but you got to give it to Baltimore. They had their hitters get hot at this time. They got great starting pitching like we talked about last Friday. In fact, yeah. they were a huge part of why they had success. And But then those those hitters just finally found the right team to warm up against. And it always just seems to be us that the, the slow starting teams or the teams that are kind of down in the dumps find their way back, and it's always against the Angels. So that currently puts us at 9-7 and seven as of Sunday. Uh, today, we start a brand-new series against the Cleveland Guardians. They're coming to town, and uh, they have been turning it around. They started out a little bit slow, and their offense is coming around, so we're going to have a tough road ahead. But we're excited about that one for sure. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to recap Game 1 of that Guardian series. But let's talk about tomorrow, tomorrow. Because so, <laughs> we need a break after this past week. What a weekend, right? We need a Xanax, a Dramamine, something like that. Exactly. Man. Hey, coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to answer all of your angel questions and we're going to share why we think and believe and why you think and should believe that this will be Joe Madden's last year Uh with the angels. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by LinkedIn with spring in the air, Jonathan. Yes. It's time for renewal and growth both personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network. Simple tools like Screening questions can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Managerial candidates for next year? Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Is that going to be included? (laughs) We can talk about that in a minute as well. Uh, It's why small businesses and big businesses and baseball teams like the Angels rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find candidates that you want to talk to a lot faster. And did you know that nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? John, how about that? How about that? So you post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Post your job for free. And remember, there are some terms and conditions that do apply. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now for your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. The Locked On Now podcast recaps MLB games with analysis from local experts ta- uh, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I texted you out of frustration uh, Saturday night after the loss because I was frustrated with Joe Madden and yep. his his decisions during that game. Yep. Uh, I think that we honestly need to post those text messages because our text <laughs> messages of frustration are pretty comical. I mean, we could take that on tour because it is hilarious, well, at least to me. And if it's funny to me, it's got to be funny to everybody. Of course. Right? Of course. <laughs> but take us through like some of the things that we were talking about 
when it came to Joe Madden. You know, we, we are just frustrated with Joe, and and here's here's why we think that this is going to be Joe Madden's last season with us. Let me give you the, the first hot take, all mm-hmm. right? Games like Friday and Saturday, where he pulled Detmers, and then he pulled Syndergaard early. Like, those are the reasons why we're going to be really frustrated with Joe, and I think mm-hmm. that those are the reasons why Joe isn't going to make it to next year. He's not endearing I mean, both of those guys. <laughs> no, and both of those guys didn't want to come out. Syndergaard no. maybe more than Detmers, but yeah. Detmers, again, as I mentioned, he only had 70 pitches. You mentioned that Thor had 88 pitches with two outs, and, and here's what we were shouting back and forth through text message, and we know we were shouting because it was all caps. We said, <laughs> let them finish it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's, here's an interesting take from Mark Langston. I heard him on the radio on Sunday say that Suarez was actually looking to the dugout when he was in that fourth inning. And Langston kept saying, stop looking to the dugout and just go out there and pitch. Don't give them an opportunity to make eye contact with you. And don't give them an opportunity to think that you're struggling. But I think that he's looking at the dugout because Joe Madden hasn't communicated confidence in his starting pitching. And so he saw those guys get yanked when they weren't struggling. And now he's struggling, so he's assuming that Joe Madden is going to come out. So on his way. that's one of the reasons why I don't think that Joe's going to make it to the end of the year. Give us number two, John. Uh, you got to think about the the fact that losing a weekend series to the four and nine Baltimoreals is not the kind of <laughs> uh, outcome you want from a team like this. Look. Joe Madden gets a pass for 2020 because 2020 was what it was. Joe Madden gets a pass from me for 2021 because you didn't have Mike Trout. You didn't have Anthony Rendon. You didn't have a strong pitching staff. And the guys who were good completely fell off a cliff. Okay? So I can't fault Joe Madden for that. That is more of an organizational thing. It's it's who are the tools that you were putting in his tool belt. And that was not his fault last year, really. He did the best he could with what he had. This, to me, is the healthiest the Angels have ever been. It's the best the Angels have been in the last possibly seven, eight years. And for Joe to fail this spectacularly this past weekend, that's a hard word to say. Good word. That's a good word. (laughs) But to go one and two against the last place Orioles. And and I know I mentioned they got hot offensively, but don't let them get hot. Don't let them right. bust out. And right. you can't be the team that they get hot against because you're the Angels. You're Mike Trout. You're Shohei Otani. You're Anthony Rendon. You're Jared Walsh. So all of that to say, if this is the team that Joe Madden has now and he still fails this season, then I don't have any sympathy anymore. No. I like Joe Madden. I like him as yep. a person. I think he's done a great yep. job of instilling culture, but I'm starting to question some of his decisions, especially pulling those starters early. I know that maybe there's a possibility of still a, a, a pitch limit, a pitch count coming out of spring, but at this point, these guys should be up to at least 90 pitches because 85 was the last time Noah Syndergaard started was the count for him, so he could yeah. have easily gone 95 at this point. Yeah. And I just think you let guys get out of the inning. I don't know if I'm used to Mike Sosha style, where he he leaves guys in too long. And now Joe Madden (laughs) is the opposite, where he leaves them in, and or he doesn't leave them in, and he pulls them quickly. So I just, it feels like whiplash over here. So it's really frustrating. But but every year we we get up and we put it on a show for the tough teams coming off of this Houston series, and then we struggle against the weak teams like this. It just seems to be a trend. 
every single year. So tell me, yeah. tell me a third reason, Mike. Uh, it's going to be like a broken record around here because the decision to replace starters with bullpen pieces that just haven't come through. And mm. one of the arguments from Angel fans that I saw on Twitter was like, oh, Joe's just trying to play the matchups, but it feels like he's he's playing checkers when everybody's playing chess, yeah. right? It feels like he's bringing in the wrong pieces. And I think a lot of it has to do with don't take your starter out yet, Joe. Don't take your starter out yet. And again, another argument was, well, they said they're going to have a limited amount of pitch pitches that they're going to allow them to throw. But I think that that's got to be out the window. I mean, we're almost point, a month yeah. into the season. Come on. These are right. grown men. I, I, I sent you I sent you a tweet the other day. Uh, Matt Shoemaker's playing in Japan, right? <laughs> yes. And, and he, he had a, a, a nine-inning complete game that he pitched the other day, and he threw 122 pitches. That is unreal. What universe am I living in, right? Because that is an unreal amount of pitches that we never get close to. That must and have been a nine-hour game with him on the mound and <laughs> yes, throwing 122 there is, pitches. There is an inside joke between John and I. I've, I've struggled with Matt Shoemaker because he just took forever <laughs> to throw a ball. Like, it was forever. That pitch clock is not going to be his friend next year if he has to deal if with that. back, but yeah. I just, I just feel like Joe is bringing in some guys that just aren't ready for that moment, and, and he's he's overthinking that moment. And so I think that's the third reason why he's not going to be back next year. John, give us the fourth. And I think this fourth reason is actually a really important reason. And one that I don't think many angel fans have even considered. Yeah. Let me say something about Saturday night first. And that is Aaron loop can get out of his own jams as well. And Joe again, wanted to play the matchups and that's where Ryan Tapera came in and let those three runs come in. Now, Loop wasn't having a problem. It was errors on the field. It was actually Rendon errors and, and yeah. Jared Walsh yeah. having to jump up and catch something. So it wasn't the fault of Aaron Loop that those guys were on and he could easily get out of his own jam and Joe didn't let him do it. So I think that's another frustration that I know that I had on Saturday night. But let me yeah. talk about this fourth reason because, like you said, I'm not sure that it's quite out in the open, so to speak. But we had... Uh, surprising news over the offseason that Ray Montgomery was going to be the bench coach in the dugout. And he is a front office guy traditionally. And he was moved from the front office at the start of the season. And I had a suspicion, and I texted you about this, he's Perry's guy. He's Perry's guy, and he's, he's Perry's voice in the dugout. And for him to be the bench coach, the second in command, the guy who takes over when Joe Madden gets thrown out. That's another thing. Get yourself thrown out, Joe. You watch Brandon Marsh get called out <laughs> on strikes Friday night, and yep. then Shohei gets that strike on the outside that should have been ball four on Saturday, right. and right. Joe just watches it happen. Get yourself thrown out and let them know that they stink get at their job. Up, get fired up. And he just sat and watched it. And it's like, dude, yeah. two nights in a row is unacceptable. Like, you got to intervene there. So Yeah, yeah. And and you know that Angel fans are yelling and screaming at the, at the oh, TV. Yeah. They're doing this, right? They're totally. pointing at the screen going, Joe, you got to, that's a, what are you doing, right? Like, <laughs> but with Ray Montgomery, it's interesting to me because I think that Ray Montgomery will be in consideration for the managerial role next yep. year if not yeah. sooner if if right. joe is dismissed or mutually parts ways or whatever uh-huh. phrasing <laughs> that they want to give it yep. i think that ray is going to be the guy that takes his place and you've said it before on this podcast that we're not sure if joe madden is perry's guy right but i will say that i feel like ray montgomery is perry's guy or some version of ray montgomery so yep 
whatever the case may be, I think that we will probably see some sort of decision made at least halfway through the season, and then I, I don't think that he comes back next season because I think Perry wants his person there, and I think Ray yep. Montgomery is a sample of that. So yeah. will this be Madden's last year? I think you and I agree that it will be, uh, and now you know why, because of the decisions that he's made, the lack of fire and getting fired up and and firing up his team. Uh, get in the umpire's face. Don't intentionally walk someone to fire up your team. Get in the umpire's <laughs> face and do that instead. Uh, and also the Ray Montgomery situation really stands out to me as a, hmm, okay, yeah. I see what's going on here. So yeah. those are the reasons why Mike and I think that this is probably Joe Madden's last year. I, you know, you're still bitter about that intentional walk. You know what I think you need, John? <laughs> what do I need? I think, I think you need a Built Bar. That's, That's what right. I think you need. And Locked on Angels happens to be brought to you by Built Bar. It's a low-calorie, high-protein bar, good for replacing candy bars. And the good news is you don't have to feel bad about eating one because they are better than normal-tasting candy bars, and they're better for you. And my friend Gabe actually just purchased a Built Bar, and yeah, he Gabe. affirms that this is true. Here's here's the great news. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but Built Bars actually contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 7 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They learn to make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it taste healthy. Built Bar flavors include mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond. Mm. And all new for this month, John, white oh. chocolate cookies and cream. Ooh, I know that's your favorite. That's right up my alley. <laughs> Yes, they're delicious. They have new flavors coming out all the time. And then there's also the Puffs. I don't know if you've tried the Puffs, but they're one of the best tasting Built Bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're delicious. delicious. <laughs> and they're not just pro- a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The Puffs are a fan favorite. And they also have some great flavors. Uh, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Our older brother loves banana cream pie. Mm-hmm. These are going to be your new favorites. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Uh, again, the promo code is LOCK15. Get 15% off. Go to Built.com and get yourself a Built Bar today. All right. Of course, it is time to open up the Monday mailbag. So, Mighty, I've got some questions here for us. Are you ready for these? Because there's I'm some good ones for here. These. Okay. All I'm right. Ready for these. Let's go. I want to jump to this one first because I think it's hilarious. Last Monday, uh, Jose Siri was <laughs> hit by pitch. Yes. So, Tyler R. Uh, at TyReader5 from Twitter says, uh, question for you guys. Who's the better WWE prospect, Jose Siri or AJ Prezinski? Love your guys' work. <laughs> This who's, is my new favorite Locked On Angels fan right there. Who's like, the better sell job? Is it Jose Siri or AJ Przinsky yeah. on that one? What do you think? Well, well because he mentioned WWE, I'm going to have to go with AJ Przinsky because uh, AJ's older and WWE likes those old guys to bring him in, <laughs> pay him a ton of money. Like Goldberg, right? They bring right. in these guys, pay him a ton of money. They have like a two-minute match and then they leave. So I'm going to go AJ. What about you? I'm going AJ as well because in terms of long-term <laughs> yes. hate and heat for a ah. bad guy... He's he's the ultimate. He's the one who has held our yeah. contempt all these years. Yeah. So AJ AJ has heat, but he also has go away heat. They right. call it X Pac heat, right? <laughs> like you just don't like him at all. <laughs> all right, next question. Next question. Here we go. Uh, this one comes from Emmanuel Mosqueda on Twitter. 
He says, do you think that the Angels will eventually need to make a trade for a shortstop before the deadline, or really any position for that matter? If so, which position? What do you think? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with. I think that they're gonna go and get a starter and and potentially a another bullpen piece. Mm. Um, I, I don't think that they make a trade for shortstop because I think that they have the shortstop of the future on the team, and that is Andrew Velasquez. Okay. Now I'm gonna contradict myself later with another question, but I think Andrew Velasquez is actually the shortstop of the future, and I think that his defense has proven that. I don't think that we need too much more offense because we've got it in the team that we have, mm-hmm. and I think Velasquez's bat is gonna come around. You saw at the end of that Sunday game, yeah, he hit a shot. To to left field that that Baltimore had to run down and and that was one of the first times you saw his bat get hot I think that you'll see his bat get hot I don't think that he's going to hit in the the high 200s I think he'll be 230 to 250 by the end of the year but I think you got to give him a chance and he's the shortstop of the future what, what say you according to uh at what it dong on Twitter that Andrew Velasquez <laughs> okay. hit was a home run in eight out of 30 stadiums. So, Oh gosh, just happened to be angel stadium this time around. Dang. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we make a trade for shortstop. I definitely see us making a trade for a starting pitcher. Should yeah. we be in contention at the trade deadline? Because I think that we're starting to see that if these guys can't go long into uh, an outing, if they can't go past five or six and hopefully they'll get there and that it's still, Early. I'm just going to roll right. with that excuse. It's still early. Still uh, early. But, you know, I, I think that we'll definitely go after some sort of starter. Um, speaking of the uh, the uh, Andrew Velasquez situation, here's a question from Adam Zenmaster uh, from Twitter. He says, how do you see the infield shaping up once Fletcher returns? I really think each guy can contribute in their own specific way, but I think Wade, Duffy, and Velasquez will all end up sharing time. We actually had an episode about this, uh, Mike. I think that you flew solo on that one where you yep. discussed that. What did you what did you say on that episode again? Velasquez has a great defensive runs saved uh, rating right now mm-hmm. and and I think that he actually should start it short, but here is here's where I think the tension is going to be. When May hits, which is coming up this weekend, mm-hmm. the rosters drop from 28 to 26. Mm-hmm. And so that means that there's going to be two guys that are going to have to get off the roster. And I, I do think that those two guys are Jack Mayfield and Andrew Velasquez. I think that the yeah. Angels are going to run with Wade, Duffy, and Fletch in, their, in a rotation of second and short. And, and they're going to keep, obviously, four outfielders as well. So I do think that that's going to be an issue moving forward for the Angels. They're going to have to get rid of those two guys in order for the team to match the roster number that they have to hit. What, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, once Fletcher is back and that roster shrinks, we're going to see Jack Mayfield and Velasquez be sent down. And I think Velasquez could afford to use some time in AAA. I think that that would be a wise decision, and I think that that's okay. Uh, so at the same yeah. time, I, I think he's been doing a great job, but I think that he could use a little more seasoning down there. Let's go to uh, another question here from Instagram. This is from Dustin at DustD43. He says, hear me out. Package Adele and Velasquez to the Pirates for Brian Reynolds. Am I crazy? Uh, I don't have Twitter, <laughs> so I slid into your DMs. Oh, hey. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, when it comes to Velasquez and Joe Adele being traded to the Pirates for Brian Reynolds. How do you feel about that one, Mike? Looking at Brian Reynolds' stats from last year, 920 OPS, 24 home runs, 90 RBIs. I mean, that's a great year 
for the Pirates, I feel like Reynolds is Joe Adele in some respect, and so I don't know if that actually would be a good move for us. I really want to see Joe Adele develop, especially after what we saw on Sunday with the Grand Slam. I want to Mm -hmm. see him have some more time with the Angels, and I I wouldn't want to trade Velasquez. I think that Velasquez has proven his worth defensively, and so um, no, you're not crazy, but I do think that that wouldn't be a good move for the Angels. What about you, John? Uh, In the words of Hall & Oates, I can't go for that no can do I can't go for that. <laughs> no can do <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying that as as an Angels fan I'm saying that as a Pirates fan I don't think the Pirates go for that trade I actually I know that this isn't the most reliable source but I plugged that trade into uh, the trade values system online and Brian Reynolds has something like 85 and and Joe Adele and Velasquez combined fell very very short of that so I don't see wow. them uh, making that trade. And I don't think that they would want to get rid of Brian Reynolds. I'm the, the fans need something to cling to. They need their Brian Reynolds. They need their key Brian Hayes. They need those guys to know that the pirates have a future when it comes to Pittsburgh. And I think trading in that direction uh, wouldn't work so well for them. So let's take a look at another Instagram question from Rick Miranda. If we're looking to, uh, if we keep playing the way we are, and we're looking at another starting pitcher at the deadline, who are some realistic guys the Angels will be targeting? I want to know who to keep an eye on. Uh, did you have time to think about this one, Mike? Or uh, I've got a few names here, if you uh, don't mind. Yeah, throw some names out there. One particular name is going to be, of course, Tyler Molly from the Reds. The Reds are not starting out this season very well, and I think that he could be on the trade block, and a lot of teams are going to be looking at him uh, for some help, especially at the deadline, especially if they're in contention. August 2nd is the deadline, by the way. Uh, Frankie Montas, I think, is also an option. I think the A's are starting out this season very well, considering their circumstances. They held on to Montas because he's got two years left, uh, including this season. And I think that he is always a potential trade candidate. It was surprising that he didn't get moved. Uh, Chris Bassett, a former A who is now with the Mets. The only caveat That's to that one. is that the Mets will be in contention. They're 12-5, and five, I think, right now as of Monday morning. And so I think that they will want to hold on to him as a starter. And this one, tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Zach Greinke from the Royals. He's back with them. He's off to a strong start this season. He yeah. could be a trade candidate at the deadline. So uh, what do you think about some of those picks there? I, I like those. I think that, that Granky we've traded for him before, and so we might do it again. I do <laughs> think that we saw some great pitching this weekend from Baltimore, and maybe Zimmerman might be in a conversation. Zimmerman feels like that Dylan Bundy type of pitcher where you're just not sure what you're going to get, but maybe we get a really good pitcher, and I don't know what we give up for him, but those are some good names, I think, to keep an eye on because the Angels are going to need probably one more starter and one more bullpen piece as the season moves on. Oh, Last one. We got to talk about it. Neil Plant uh-huh. from Instagram coming off a huge series win. Why do you think the O's were so hard to beat? We all thought we were going to be a series sweep. Yeah, I agree with you, Neil. I think that we all thought this was going to be at least a series win, and we just let them get hot. And like we talked about, just some of those Madden decisions in combination with a team that's been waiting to bust out. It was Cedric Mullins and Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle had 33 home runs as a rookie last season and then some strong yeah. pitching from the likes of, of Bruce Zimmerman. So I think we just ran into a team that was getting hot and a combination of, of Joe Madden issues. So 
Uh, those are my thoughts. What do you think, Mike? I mean, isn't it interesting that you can change the name on the back of the jersey, but yet the trend stays the same, that we still struggle <laughs> with some of these really weak teams and we struggle with the opportunity to beat these weak teams. And, and it's been this way for the last few years, I would say the last 10 to 12 years. And so I don't know if it's just something about the Angels where they get up for the good teams and they struggle with these weak teams, but that that was a really frustrating weekend series and I wish that we had done better. But obviously it, it's early. I don't know if I want to use that argument anymore. We need to beat teams like this. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that this week will be a better week than this weekend. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Soli. He brings you the unique perspective on the major leagues past and present, and it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Angels, of course, and then you can connect with Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. What do we have on deck for tomorrow? We're going to talk about this question. Is Mike Trout a Hall of Famer right now? Mm. And we'll tell you why he is. We'll give you talking points so that when you have other fans come at you, you can explain why Mike Trout is the GOAT. Thank you for making us part of your day. Until tomorrow, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right here next time on Locked On Angels. Locked On Angels.